0: So things are winding down on this 2017 review. The last three subjects I want to talk about are the tax bill, Russia, Russian, Russian interference in the 2016 election, and the sexual harassment revelations. I'm not going to talk as in-depth as I have have prior, but I do want to address these subjects. I think they're significant, and I think they're stories that are going to continue into the coming year, and definitely, obviously, with the tax bill. Into 2019, so the tax bill. Basically, all I have to say is one thing: it's super regressive, possibly the most regressive tax reform bill that's ever been done in the United States. I'm not. I haven't done research on that statement. I'm just saying it's possibly that regressive. And uh, there's a great article in on Bloomberg.com. The name of the article is "Inside Wall Street's Towers: Traders Grouse Over." Trump tax plan. And I'm going to quote from the article, Wall Street traders who rake in hundreds of thousands of dollars a year or more eagerly awaited a Republican overhaul of the U.S. tax code. Now many are huddling with accountants and concluding the real gains will go to billionaires and other captains of industry. So if you read the article, it goes into detail about how corporations really benefited from the tax bill. And I just think it's hilarious how, uh, politics makes for interesting bed partners. You know, the poor and the so-called Wall Street traders are both potentially, I mean, in a sense, in a sense, based on my reading of the article, getting fucked by the tax bill. So I think it's beautiful. I think it's ironic and poetic. Um, I'm sure it's not quite as simple. But it does draw on the notion that it's a super regressive tax bill. And I also wanted to share an excerpt from All Things Considered, and it's uh, an economist, a Princeton economist, talking about the tax bill. His name, is, uh, his name is Alan Blinder. And here's a little snippet from All Things Considered of him talking about the tax bill. First of all, it blows a hole in the budget uh, at a time when we don't really need this. We're at full employment. We don't need stimulus. It's not 2009. Secondly, While the president has claimed this is the biggest tax cut in history, which is blatantly false, it probably is the most regressive tax cut in history. Thirdly or fourthly or whatever I'm up to, under the guise of achieving greater simplification, remember it was going to be on a postcard? The law opens up a number of new and pretty egregious loopholes while closing very few. So we're going to get a more complex, more loophole-ridden tax code that's regressive and unbalances the budget so he goes into a little bit more detail more complexity on the bill but that little snippet does a wonderful job of encapsulating how i might see the tax bill it's a disappointment and we will see where it goes i i actually think that people are waking up well i'm not certain i'm not so absolutely certain in the short run i don't know if people are waking up to trump It's really about his supporters waking up, and I'm not sure if they are waking up. Bernie Sanders seems to think that people are waking up to Trump's real leadership and who he really represents. I don't know what's necessarily, in the long run, or the medium run, I do think higher consciousness is going to help all of us. We're all evolving, co-evolving, and it's it's a good time to be alive. But in terms of uh, whether or not people are waking up to Trump's games, we shall see in the coming year a little bit more. I do think Mueller is going to potentially, you know, have an impact on Trump. So I'm going to talk about that next. And that's the, the question of Russian interference in the 2016 election. This is a subject that deserves a lot of attention but it remains, it's a subject that also has a lot of uncertainty woven into it, principally because the investigation isn't done. So we'll see where it goes. Normally, you know, I'm really focused on the ethical question and not as much on the law-breaking question. I'm, I, I'm, I often concern myself with the moral and ethical dilemmas and issues at hand, not always with the legal. This is a situation where I'm very interested to see where the laws go, because I definitely think the Trump campaign acted unethically. I don't think that people can see otherwise unless they really want to. But the question is whether or not they broke the law. And I think that's going to get really interesting and whether or not Trump gets confronted and what happens to him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I do want to make this one observation in relationship to this question. There was an article written by Charles Krauthammer and the title of the article is Bungled Collusion is Still Collusion. And basically he makes that argument. The campaign in particular Don Jr. and others they bungled their collusion effort, or their effort to get information on Hillary Clinton. But if Charles Krauthammer, who is a leading non-academic conservative in the United States, a, a person who does commentary for Fox News, if he's, you know, saying that there was collusion, I think, I think it's a strong, a strong indication that there was a uh, there was some collusion, there was an intent to collude with with the Russian government. The last subject I want to talk about is the sexual harassment revelations from this year of 2017. It's good that these revelations have occurred. I think it's a positive move forward. I think it's an illustration of what I've been discussing, which is the process of a higher consciousness that's coming into coming into the world, and we are bringing it into the world. Um, we are the people that we have been waiting for, I think is a, is a quote. I think it's a quote that's been misused, but I also think it's a a good quote. We are the consciousness that we are trying to bring into the world. And part of that is going to mean that we're confronting negativity and darkness. And the revelations that have to do with sexual harassment are a part of that confrontation. And it's a good thing that these things are coming into the foreground. What I think was interesting, and I hate to uh, highlight Kevin Spacey, I think Kevin Spacey is a great actor, but I thought his response was so... I thought his response was so unfortunate he sort of blamed drunkenness and um, blamed it being a misunderstanding or whatever the case may be and i i think these types of excuses they worked in the past but i think we're living in a world where they're not really working anymore because people are waking up i thought the i thought it was great also that bush 41 was getting confronted for his behavior because i think that guy has I mean, he's done crazy shit that I'm not going to get into at this time. It's a huge digression. At least he's getting a little bit of a negative reaction out of what he's done in his life. I think he deserves it. It's time for him to get confronted. And I think it's a good thing. Now, underneath this story of sexual harassment, I think there is a, another level to it. And that's the pedophilia. And it's something that basically in this country, I don't think we're ready to deal with. But I'm ready. To, I'm, I'm happy to deal with it. You know, I got no fear about it. Um, I think more and more people are coming to an understanding that there is a sort of an undercurrent of pedophilia at, in the political realm, in the entertainment realm, and it's a it's a disgusting phenomenon, and it's a peculiar phenomenon. It's, uh, it's strange. And Corey Feldman and Elijah Wood are one, a couple of a few people that have discussed this issue, and there's a lot more to it. Again, getting back to Bush 41. This is a history that can be researched. You can do this research. It's a subject matter that you can look into anytime you want. Uh, there's a whole investigation that has to do with uh, a story out of Nebraska. And it did make it, it made the Washington Post during the 80s, and then it kind of died down because I think people were overwhelmed with the subject matter. And I think even to this day, people are very overwhelmed by this subject. It's a very uh, unsettling sensitive subject that people can't handle. It's, 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 it's alarming. But, but it, it deserves attention. It deserves to be rooted out and dealt with. And I think as we continue this process of embracing a higher consciousness, it will get rooted out and it will get dealt with. And I think that the, se- the sexual uh, harassment revelations that came out during this year, I think are the beginning of this process. And it's probably going to be a 10-year process or a 20-year process or a potentially a 100-year process. Women have been mistreated for a very long time. I know that's true. I know that's an easy—we can easily say that, that, that. We know that's true. Have children been mistreated for a very long time? I say probably yes. Uh, I think the church has been a part of that for a long time. But not quite as long as—I don't really know. I mean, I don't know when this trend of of pedophilia began in the higher echelons of Western society. I don't know when that started. But these are both profoundly negative uh, acts that people engage in, and we're coming into an awareness of it, both the mistreatment of women and the mistreatment of children. And we're coming into an awareness of it, and we're dealing with it. It's going to take time, though. But I think it's a good thing that we're dealing with it. And it is, it again, has to do with the rising consciousness. So I'm coming to a close here and I wanted to share the, one of the things I'm going to do on this podcast is share a piece of content that I really think is important or that I really like each month. So this is going to be the content of the year and it comes from an interview from Vice News or some component of Vice, I don't know, they have so many different pieces I don't really know probably Viceland. And it's from Eddie Wang. And it's an interview he has with a so-called white nationalist. And as I said earlier, you know, I'm not really in a world without white dominance. I'm not so sure that you can tell the white nationalist, he he can't be a white nationalist. Uh, and I think we are living in a world where white dominance is becoming obsolete. So here's the snippet. It's actually relatively long because it covers Kind of subjects that I discussed, but in a different way. Europeans have probably, on a per capita basis, killed more than anybody else, but because they were technologically
1: more advanced. Where does gunpowder come from? It comes from China. It's just that, that Western but, civilization took things from people. And I think when you get to older civilizations, they become more benevolent. They don't hang on to things like genetics as much. They understand how experience changes you. Based them on facts instead. That's essential. But what I find interesting is you're so into facts and you're so into Mm. science, but then you supported Donald Trump, right?
0: Well, that's a whole different question. That's a whole different subject. Let me, let's get back to... But I want to
1: know how it is (laughs) you voted for Donald Trump when you're so into facts, because his entire campaign is not based in facts. It was all based in propaganda and emotion.
0: I voted for Donald Trump for one one reason only. His policies, if implemented, would slow the dispossession of whites in the United States. If you were to deport all illegal immigrants, if you were to think very hard about letting in any Muslims, all of this would slow the rate at which whites are becoming a
1: minority. I wish- Why are you so worried about the white dispossession of America?
0: Because I want my people to survive. Is that so strange? We don't control China. We don't control any place where whites are not a majority. And if we become a
1: minority, we will not control our own destiny anymore. I grew up in this country as a minority, as the children of immigrants. Mm-hmm. I was their first child born in America. And while I didn't have much possession or didn't have much control, I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> and I think that if you ask a lot of Americans, they would say that I had a lot to offer this country. You know, according to you, I guess I would be perpetuating the dispossession of white America. That is true. That is so true. Would you say oh. that you wouldn't want me in this country?
0: So that's an interview. That's a snippet taken from an interview between Eddie Wang and Jared Taylor. Eddie Wang works for Vice magazine. He used to have a TV show online called uh, Fresh Off the Boat, I think. Then now he's got Wang's World, which is sort of a travel commentary, cultural commentary thing. And it's awesome. It's a good show. And um, he's a very interesting guy. And he knows his way around food, that's for sure. In any case, he's this is him interviewing Jared Taylor, who is a white nationalist and I guess a white supremacist. And it's a great, it's a great interview because it's kind of... It, it, It illustrates my point. I mean, for me personally, it all very much indicates that Trump's power comes from the fear that white people are losing their position in society, and this interview clearly, clearly illustrates that. You know, and I want to share that. I I, I think it's an interesting subject. I think it's a process that we're all going through. I think it's a good process. I don't think it's good for there to be. A dominant race in the Americas. It should be shared. The power should be shared. It should, be, at least, I hope it should be shared. Um, yeah, I think it should be shared. It's scary. Sharing it is scary, both uh, in many ways. And the reason I say that is because you don't want to be on the losing end uh, in a situation where it's not being shared. So that's the Option 3 Review of Policy and Culture for 2017. I'm going to provide some music credits and then close it out. I got all the music from the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. So here are the tracks in order of appearance. Let Me Tell You" by Jay Kirk, One Fine Day by The Insider, Fractures by Ryan Little, The Great by Broke For Free, Watch Me by Fleslet, Whelp by Glassboy, Our Ego by Broke For Free, No Control by Jazar, and Say Something is the current track playing by Ryan Little. I really appreciate the people who listened to the whole thing. I appreciate the people who listened to any of it quite frankly this is my first podcast it's a new experience and i hope you enjoyed it and uh i'll talk to you soon